This is Monsteropolis, a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined, as always, by my pal, Mark Matsky. Hey. Hi. This is uh, Back to the Future. It's pretty weird. Futuristic. Making me feel weird. Nostalgia, yeah. Uh, yeah, we are, for listeners who don't watch the show on YouTube, um, we are in the... This is where it all began. No, it's not. This actually, the show actually began at the radio station across the street. Right. The first batch of episodes. Mm-hmm. Then we moved over to the to the rental to the to the office that we rent. Now, then last year we moved everything over to another office across the hall, and now we're back in the original office because SDM is still expanding. So it's weird. <laughs> it's it's pretty weird. Yeah. Uh, Andy and, uh, Zach, but primarily Andy have done the set decoration in here. Um, and they're still in the process of getting all that set up, I think. So it's, but it's, yeah, it's weird. We, we recorded at least two years worth of episodes in here. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, it looks different though. It looks so different without anything on like the, the walls where there used to be posters and yeah. All the accoutrements of years worth of conference going and stuff. Yeah. It's different. It's, yeah, it's a weird, yeah, it's been a weird 12 months. So, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, the, uh, the, the, so this week's show is about Minerva Bigfoot. Our showrunner is kind of walking me through this, uh, holding my hand and it's a, pod, <laughs> this is a podcast. Um, this week's episode is about Minerva and, and Bigfoot, um, which uh, brings up the point that the latest episode of the Bigfoot Project just dropped for channel members. And the next episode is dropping early next week, which I need to talk to you about that so we can adjust the schedule a little next week. Because <laughs> I think the new episode is going to drop free on Monday. Okay. This was supposed to, this is so we can have this talk now. <laughs> The Beyond the Trail that dropped. Okay. Well, it all fits together. But it's all fine. It's all interconnected. It's all synchronicity. All right. Synchronicities right and left. Um, yeah. So uh, the other thing is that the Beyond the Trail with the, the Monster of Minerva, I believe that episode's called, is out, which features Andy and Mark, uh, who are also featured in uh, the last Bigfoot Project, episode two, episode three, out Monday. So to watch it, unless you're a channel member, you can watch it right now in 4k. Mm-hmm. Cool episode. Um, really fun. So for those that don't know behind the scenes, uh, Eli's the, uh, the one editing the show now, which is fascinating to watch because he has no knowledge of what's going on. I will send him hundreds of clips, a couple hundred clips. And I'll hear from him on like a Monday night that he's starting work on it. And this morning the episode was uploaded (laughs) and apparently like he had edited the first episode or the second episode in 12 hours. Hmm. So I don't know how he does it because the episodes aren't, I wouldn't call them. I wouldn't call them like rushed or anything. They come across as very well Mm -hmm. put together and like professional and everything, but he's doing it in in a, 
very short period of time with no knowledge of what's actually happening. He told me yesterday he spent three hours just kind of going through the clips and putting together yeah. <clears throat> like the sequence of events that was unfolding. The way we do it is he'll ask me what I want the episode to be about. And I'll be like, it's, it's about this. So maybe with the narration, we can steer the story in that direction or whatever. So the episode that just came out, um, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it yet, uh, it's about the, I guess like the paranormal side of what's gone on in Minerva. Maybe not, <clears throat> maybe not to the extent that you're getting the backstory on some of the things I kind of want to hit on today, but, um, you're getting, uh, it was a weird series of things that happened to us that particular weekend when Les and Adam were, were there and it wasn't what I wanted to happen. I thought the episode was going to be about Bigfoot behavior and like where these things are living and things like that, because that was kind of like where our exploration was taking us. But the actual activity we experienced, it was all just real weird. Wow. Weird, weird to the point that the final night investigation involves. I haven't got this far yet in the episode, but mm -hmm. it, what it actually involved in real life was less and Heather and Adam and I all very clearly seeing a white light moving through the woods that we were chasing that supposedly is on camera. I haven't checked yet, mm. but you can see our lights chasing the white light through the woods because Heather and Les were filming us on a hill from down the bottom of the hill. So that was weird. And then there was also uh, an incident where Les had seen a very bright red light about 30, 35, 40 feet up in a tree. Hmm. The, where there shouldn't have been a light. So that was strange too. So, um, do you think it's the bell, witch? the bell, witch has come to Ohio and she's, she's, she's stalking us around. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what if the bell, witch is Bigfoot and it's like, <laughs> she's shape shifting into, into Bigfoot. I like when we get off on these tangents <laughs> to check what Andy is doing, <laughs> like how, how frustrated he might be that we're not just talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If it's still going, can we start talking about hamburgers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you do that in the middle of the episode, people love it. If you do it at the beginning, they hate it. Oh, that's how it works? Like, yeah. When okay. you did that, when you brought it back for the letters episode, mm -hmm. I'm just going to start talking and cutting myself out. Um, yeah. When we did the letters episode and you guys talked about it, people loved it, but it was later in the episode. Okay. Yeah. They were ready for, like yeah. for burgers, they I guess. Need it. We have to work up it. to These it. These two dorks talking about... <laughs> if you talk about Cryptids and Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get your, like, burger talk, your... Huh. Burger, huh. That's what they seem to, like, there seems to be less angry comments about it. Okay. All right. Well... Mark and I definitely care about what the angry yeah. commenters are saying. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oh, trust me. It is. Um, so, so Eli is the wizard clip, is what you're telling me. Yeah. Like, he's can just throw it together in two seconds. Yeah. I, I, it's good um, stuff. It is. And it would be fun in some, at some point to do an episode of Monsteropolis that's about the inner workings of STM and what's going on behind the scenes. Cause we haven't done a lot of, um, squ like squat, even Squadcast hasn't really hit upon it, but like mm -hmm. we, we haven't talked about the fact that we've expanded. We're in two spaces now within the building where we are. We have, uh, added Zach to the, to the, hear the bells yeah yeah they're there <laughs> i can't hear them i have these wonderful yeah. noise canceling headphones yeah if that's for old listeners of monsteropolis you'll probably hear the 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 clock yes. back making a reappearance wow. on the show 
Wow. Yeah. Our so, environment. We were so young <laughs> back then. When we first started. Oh. But anyway, that yeah, it's it's interesting what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. And you'll catch a little bit of that over the next month, I think, with the Kickstarter launching on February third, we tend to get a little more pull the curtain yeah, all the way. The curtain open. comes way back and you can see all the insanity that's happening. Will um, Ramona be there for the Kickstarter? Yes, she might. Yeah. You never know. Hopefully she doesn't eat rat poison. <laughs> um, but anyway. Hopefully not. The the mo- monster, Minerva, monster, you have notes? Great. Let's get, let's get into that. Yeah, I have a wide variety of notes for today's episode. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I th- one of the original premise premises mm-hmm. that I heard was talking about modern Minerva cases. Mm-hmm. Or cases that just don't involve the Caton family, mm-hmm. which is an interesting tack to take. Because, you, you know, if anyone were to Google Minerva Monster, it, all these articles pop up, graphics of uh, small town monsters projects pop up. Yeah. But it's all linked to stories about the Catons by right. and large. So it takes a little bit of digging to actually locate things that aren't attached to that story. But they're out there. And... I just wanted to touch on one real quickly. Um, side note, I've gotten re-fascinated with um, Ron Schaffner's work mm-hmm. and found a place online that yeah. houses some of his yeah. newsletters Creature still. Chronicle. Creature Chronicles. Yeah. And so I just, to satisfy my own curiosity, looked to see if there was any um, Minerva stuff in there besides Kate and beside 1978. And it turns out, there's just a little smidgen of it. Um, one of those involved uh, Lisbon in Columbiana County, which uh, Minerva is 20 miles west of there. So this was in uh, July of 1980. The sheriff's department took a call about creature activity taking place around Rogers Auction, which there's no context for that. So I assume that it was act like an actual auction house. Yeah. And there were these um, manifestations happening, such as missing chickens, lar- <laughs> which makes me wonder if they were being auctioned. But um, la- loud growling, a 15-inch footprint found in the, the general proximity to the auction house. And many people who lived in the area heard the sound of something heavy smashing through the woods on more than one occasion. And I guess the thing... Clearly in the newsletter that Schaffner says, which is really cool, I love this era so much, is that if you give me, you know, if you send me information about this Lisbon case, I will send you more information about Minerva Monster and the Caton family. And he has like this little switcheroo promised in the newsletter itself. But it bears just a a passing resemblance to the Minerva Monster case in that you have local law enforcement checking out these things that are happening and in, you know, with a, a limited amount, but, but some physical evidence, including a footprint and uh, twigs and branches of trees broken off and things like that. So, you know, a couple of years after the Minerva stuff, there's still policemen in the area taking calls about monster sightings. I thought that'd be a good place to start. I, you said Lisbon. So yeah. I'm sitting here looking at my phone because I, we, I got a message and 
It's been in the last week, and it was, I swear it's from Lisbon. Hmm. I'll have to go through, I'm going to have to find these emails, but I have have messages from someone who claims to have photos and stuff of Bigfoot out near Lisbon. Mm-hmm. Um, but the funny funny thing about the chickens, did you did you know that the Caton family referred to the Minerva monster as the chicken coop monster? Yeah, yeah, that actually, I think that comes up in the latest uh, Beyond the Trail. Mm, monster of Minerva. Check it out now. <laughs> 4K if you're a channel member. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> You've got to cut that part out. Right. Um, and there's some, isn't that part of the some of the famous drawings mm-hmm. of the creature? Yeah, the is, chicken coops. Yeah. Chicken coop is always present. And then um, there's a really cool photo of the, the chicken coop, and I think it's destroyed in a, a later... I actually feel like that's a 1978 photo, which is interesting. I'd like to know what happened to the chicken coop because there's a photo of I feel like the chicken coop is in the foreground and the house is in the background, mm-hmm. and it's from one of the Akron Beacon Journal yeah. articles on the on the Minerva monster. The thing about uh, for for people not from the state of Ohio, a lot of this won't mean much when you're talking about Lisbon and Salem and. Alliance and Louisville and all these kind of things like, but those are all Carrollton. Yeah. They're all nearby communities to Minerva and they all have a very, very long history of Bigfoot sightings, despite the fact they sit pretty squarely outside of what they call the Sasquatch triangle in Ohio, which mm-hmm. was a, a phrase coined by Don, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. donkey, yep. who actually had a podcast called the Sasquatch triangle right. for a while, which was, if I'm not mistaken, was part of like uh, Sean Forker's Sasquatch experience oh, okay. back in the day. I think they shared a feed on blog. Wow. wow. Yeah. But, um, I remember when I was first getting into all this, one of the, one of the first library presentations I ever went to was in Minerva. Uh, at the Minerva Public Library, mm. and it was a presentation being done by the Janosqua Project. Oh yeah! Apparently, Heather was at the same, uh, uh, the same library presentation. No way. We had, did not know each other, hadn't met. I wasn't working on Minerva at all. I don't think. But the Janosqua Project did this <laughs> presentation. And that was where um, I was reminded of the Minerva monster. I think at that point, I didn't really know. I knew about the Minerva monster because I'd heard it heard of it as a kid but i hadn't heard about it much in a while Mm -hmm. and i went to that presentation and they talked a little bit about the minerva monster there were there were two very distinct things that happened that night that i remember really well one is that the carrollton golf course owner who discovered the track on on the it was either in sand trap or like Mm -hmm. off somewhere near the golf course he's interviewed in beyond the trail he was there that night and brought that track in and it had just been found like recently when during that presentation. The other thing was that the Janosco project used to do library presentations with that giant wood cutout of mm-hmm. Bigfoot that had like black cotton balls or something glued to it. <laughs> and that was there that night and it almost knocked it over. Uh, like I bumped into it and it almost came over. But um, <clears throat> that was also where I became aware that there were, a ton of like road crossing sightings. And that was the most common way people were still encountering Bigfoot out near the, the village of Minerva. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a driver there that night who had been heading from, 
it's like when you leave East Canton, you're heading, it might be Lisbon heading out that I, I just know you leave East Canton, you head out, you hit a square, you head right. I mm-hmm. knew exactly where he was talking about. Cause my brother and I used to drive those roads all the time when we were kids. Cause I grew up in Bolivar and there's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So you just drive around and listen, listen to music. That's yeah. like all you do. And I remembered uh, as a kid driving out that road. So I knew right where they were talking about, but supposedly, and this might've actually been, I can't remember what the Dan Baker, is that the name? Janoska project. I, Paul, it was Paul Hayes me. buddy, but I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I think it's Dan Baker, but I can't, can't remember if that's true or not, but his, I believe it was his wife and I might be wrong about this, but I think she was driving from or to work on this road. She crested a hill and supposedly a Bigfoot crossed the road in front of her and a few cars behind her and then another line of cars on the other side. And supposedly everyone reacted to it. Mm-hmm. Like all these cars stopped. People were getting out or like pulling off to the side. And supposedly it was like a whole line of traffic that saw this Bigfoot cross the road that night. Um, that always stood out to me because years later when we were making our movie, um, we started getting tons of correspondences from um, people who were supposedly like Bigfoot witnesses. Most of them were telling us that they had encountered something crossing the road. And one mm-hmm. of those, I believe, is recounted in Bigfoot Project episode two by by the Kenton uh, Repository. Ed by Ed Bailey, Ed, yeah. um, which I think we've talked about that recently where he was sitting at work one day and he gets a phone call from the lobby from the receptionist in the lobby. And she's like, there's someone down in the lobby right now that wants to talk to you that says they encountered a Bigfoot and Ed comes down to the lobby. And for those that don't know, like the Canton repository is like a staple of, of Northeastern Ohio journalism. It's been around forever. Um, and it, I mean, it took down that paper took down mobsters, uh, Millette. I don't know if you're familiar, but there was this guy <clears throat> who was a reporter for, for the Kenton repository literally like took down the mob in Canton at one point was murdered for it. Wow. Um, and then they named a mall after, him, <laughs> which was the Millette mall, which eventually yeah. became the Canton, uh, Canton center mall, which was right across the street from where my grandpa's candy store was. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the highest honor in Ohio. <laughs> To be the mall after you. <laughs> Just Thanks wait for, for uh, Matsky Mall. <laughs> Matsky Mall to open. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know where I was going. Oh, so he. Uh, so somebody's reporting to yeah, Ed Balin. He comes about down. Bigfoot. He wow. comes down to the to the lobby, and there's a there's a person there, and they were like, "Hey, I'd seen your article about our movie, okay. in the paper," and they recounted a story to him about driving uh, one of the back roads out near Minerva and a Bigfoot crossing the road. And um, if I went back through the correspondences that came into the STM Facebook page when we were putting out Minerva, it has to be 100. I'm not exaggerating. Like if you went through all the correspondences that took place over the course of like that year in 2016 and probably even into 2017, we were getting almost weekly messages from people who claimed to have seen something or heard about something. One of my favorite stories, have I told the one about the caveman picture in the tackle box on the show? I don't think so. 
Have I told you about that? I it, it rings a bell, okay. but I don't I think, think it's I been on the show. I told you about this. I think we talked about it at the cabin the night yeah. we were filming. Yeah. Um, I got a message on on the STM Facebook page from uh, <clears throat> from someone who had gone to a garage sale at an adjoining house to the Catons, supposedly like the house next door. And they went to this garage sale and they bought a used tackle box. And <clears throat> it was just like ordinary tackle box. They're walking out to the car with the tackle box. And all of a sudden they hear someone yelling, hey, wait, wait, wait. And they turn around and the guy that owns the house is running up to him and he grabs the tackle box. And he's like, I forgot something. I can't let you have this. I got to get, I got to get something out of here. And supposedly he flipped the tackle box open and inside taped to the, to the under, the underside of the, the lid yeah. was a picture of what he said looked like a caveman. And the guy asked the man what it is. And he's like, it's a, it's a picture of the Minerva monster. And supposedly mm. the guy took it, went back inside with this picture. Now, we know the people that own the house next to the Catons. You guys inter interviewed him. That's Heather's cousin. Mm -hmm. And then there's there's two other houses. There, there's really three neighboring houses right there. Um, but we, I talked to the people that live on the other side, and I'm thinking that might have been where it was. Mm -hmm. Because when I was there, it was a younger couple and they told me they had like just bought the property or something. So I'm wondering if it wasn't before, because this, if I remember right, this guy's story had taken place a few years prior. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also houses across the street from the Catons, and supposedly there was activity over there because we interviewed a witness who said that they experienced screaming and all this kind of stuff in the woods mm. in the 50s, as far back as the 1950s. Wow. And so that whole area, Bigfoot, Bigfoot Central, Andy. Can I can I just leave you in the woods there for a few days? Do you think with <laughs> just go go stay out there and look for Bigfoot? Yeah. All right, cool. It's a, oh no, we got to go now, man. Times times wasting. Uh, uh, yeah, that's my. Those are my modern day. I mean, the fact is, like, there's never really a dry spell in Ohio mm -mm. when it comes to Bigfoot. Right. It doesn't seem that way. I mean, and this area that, you know, we're talking about is Stark County, also adjacent to Columbiana County. Mm -hmm. And historically, there's been, I think, fairly important things that have happened there, one of which is the, you know, obtaining the recording of the Ohio Howl mm -hmm. and uh, also discoveries. I mean, uh, one thing that characterizes this area and you've touched on it before and i feel like we've talked about this relatively recently but it's the whole idea of the um, deer kill mm -hmm. stashes mm -hmm. either you know just bodies of deer left on the ground or uh, stashed up in trees and that that's been something where it seemed for a while anyway that some headway was being made as far as indicating behaviors of bigfoot and you know this goes back to Matt Moneymaker and writing for BFRO and talking about his experiences in the early 90s where it was down along the Stark Columbiana County border where he talked to a hunter who had been um, trailing a, a herd of deer and was 
staying very still, got very close, was just waiting for one of the bucks to sort of wander into range of his bow. And he had a Bigfoot creature come out of the woods. He's estimated 10 meters away from where he was sitting silently. But he noticed, the creature noticed him, let out this blood-curdling roar, and the deer all, you know, scattered. He ran back to his buddy's house. And um, then, like, within a couple days, the owner of the house where the hunter went to started hearing wood knocks in the forest when deer were present and then like vocalizations growling roaring mm. and the the deer bolting and this happened again and again to the point where the owner of the home the day after hearing the wood knocks and the roar and watching the deer run away um, went out in the woods with his dog and came upon a young deer that was dead it's one of its legs had been twisted and broken and uh, it really was not disturbed in any other way except its uh, guts had been torn out mm -hmm. he didn't really do much of an investigation at that point but quickly found another deer that was in the same condition so uh matt moneymaker heard about that investigated you know documented what he could and then not too much after, not long after that, he heard from a, a different place. This is down much further south, probably an hour south. A Mennonite farmer was finding the same thing on uh, by his creek. Uh, where, where at? Down near um, in Guernsey County. Hmm. Um, the creek where these deer were found was is a feeder creek into Salt Fork Lake. So... That's sort of the distance south. And it was it was at this Guernsey County site that a moneymaker's wife was with him. She's a veterinarian and, or no, she's an MD, child of veterinarians. And her grandfather, I think, was a, a zoo warden or involved with the zoo somehow. So she knows how to check out animals. She's not squeamish looking at mm. dead animals at all. They, uh, the Mennonite farmer told them where to find these deer. Matt and his wife went down and looked at them, and she is the one who determined that the deer that she was looking at was missing its liver. Hmm. But everything else about the deer was undisturbed. I mean, there's the same rip in the belly. The intestines had been taken out but not eaten. The only thing that was missing in this this deer was its liver. Then... That same day, they discovered another deer carcass and exactly the same thing. The, the liver had been removed. And um, so this became sort of a minor pattern that was discovered in the early 90s and held true through at least the mid-90s, especially in the fall and winter months. Deer would be discovered. Uh, there's other places like, uh, I think, Holmes County, like Berlin, was another location where um, a deer was found, guts removed, no liver. Mm. And then there was this other story that is somewhat related to that, but it's a little further west in the Wills Creek area in Coshocton County. There was a ex-machinist from Cleveland who bought a cabin down in Coshocton, and he was out hunting one day. He followed this deer trail to an sort of a overhang type of cave and he just looked inside of 
that space and saw a number of deer legs lined up in very neat order. And as the story goes then, while he was sitting there kind of puzzling over this, Bigfoot came back Mm. and they had a direct face-to-face encounter, a stare-off kind of is what ensued. He finally deliberately left very slowly. He wasn't chased out of there. But this is the this is the man who then um, in the Wills Creek area, at least for a time, like when the very early days of Don Keating hosting conferences and things like that, you could go out to Coshocton County in the Wills Creek area. And if you knew what you were looking for, you would find a place with a Bigfoot statue and a sign that said Sasquatch Valley. And this was that guy. He created this statue based on his eyewitness account and then hung the sign, I guess, you know, in much the same way as, you know, people somehow have to commemorate their sighting. Do you know his name? I don't, offhand, it was not in the account. There was a, around the same time that we made Minerva, there was someone who used to contact me, and I feel bad I don't remember his name. He's passed away. And he went, he was hiking or hunting down at, um, what's the, what's the place down there? Coshocton, near Coshocton, the game, uh, people. Uh, oh, the state lands. Yeah. What is it? What's it called though? I can't remember the name of that. Yeah. Area. Well, it's just like a name. It's state land numbers something. Okay. That's not it then. Okay. It's like, yeah, there's a, there's an area down there that's renowned for like Bigfoot activity. Mm-hmm. Um, the white, the, the big white one mm-hmm. that was seen by the sheriff and all that, that all takes place down there. McClint, uh, McClint, oh, McClintock. No. No. Yeah. Is it? No, that's, that's, I think it's McClintock. Okay. I don't remember. It's that, it's that state lands though. It's okay. the same place. It's down there. Yeah. We've drew, drove around it yeah. once or twice. Well, it's very sparse. And he it's, was, uh, uh-uh. yeah. Yeah. And that's also the area I think where like Mark DeWorth had his sighting, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. His was Wills Creek. Okay. Wills Creek. Yeah. All right. So that's all connected. I okay. mean, that's all of the piece. Woodbury Wildlife. Is that it? Woodbury Wildlife Refuge. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, so he was down there, and he came into a pine forest with no undergrowth, and hanging from the 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 the, the tree branches were um, like 20, 25 geese. Hmm. And they had been wrung up by their necks. Like they were hung by their necks. And he took pictures and sent me the pictures. Really? The creepiest thing I've ever wow. seen in my life. So I want to find these pictures because mm-hmm. somewhere in my email, I have all these emails and stuff that were coming in from the time. He passed away maybe a year or two later. Mm. But I remember somewhere I have that email. He didn't, he thought it was Bigfoot related. I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. seem more like a cult type stuff than like a, a Bigfoot tying <laughs> geese up by their necks to got another cheese. Yeah. Got another one. <laughs> uh, but we, it's interesting. We've, bec- we talked about this, but we've become a part of the Minerva story without meaning to necessarily. Like I never thought of it when we started going out to Heather's property. I didn't think, Oh, we're becoming an, another chapter in the Minerva monster story. But, um, but it is, it's also fitting that I saw a Bigfoot in Minerva after you and I talked multiple times about mm-hmm. where where I would most like to see a, yeah, a Bigfoot. True, that's true. And I re- repeatedly said Minerva is where I would like to have some sort of encounter. Um, but the activity we've experienced there, 
all there's just something very specific and i've said this in a couple episodes of the show but there's something very specific about like northeast ohio minerva area specifically behavior it's like you've got the tree stuff where they're supposedly seen going up in trees or swinging Mm. from trees and we've heard things in and around around the cabin that sound like they're high up like higher up in the trees. And there was also the fact that Les saw that light up in the tree, which is weird. Hmm. Um, although he's insistent what he saw wasn't eye shine. But oh, okay. It's hard to... So it was like he th- he casting its own light. like a light. It wasn't reflecting. A tree, right. Okay. He didn't think it was eye shine. He thought it was like a light in a mm-hmm. tree. Um, but we've heard things out there. And then there were even... There was even the time where Heather and I entered the pine forest across the hill. And as soon as we did that, huge branch came down off the top of the... The one tree, literally, like, it was almost like something <clears throat> was watching from up high. And as soon as we came into the area, they're like, I got to get out of here and mm-hmm. jump, jumped into another tree or something. But it was just so random that this completely still day, summer, it was it was when we were out there for the first shoot with Alex and Eli. Oh, yeah. Heather and I just walked into that pine forest. As soon as we got in there, this massive branch mm-hmm. fell out of the top of this one pine tree. But we've experienced that kind of stuff. There's deer all over that property. <clears throat> so it's kind of like, I mean, as we've said before, I think it's the perfect habitat for mm-hmm. something. It doesn't seem real realistically. I don't understand how a giant primate is living on, on that property. And even with the adjoining properties, because if you look at it on Google earth or any of <laughs> the other places where maps or whatever, it's patchy as all get out. Mm-hmm. I guess it's b- patchy enough that they can, exist there yeah but it doesn't having gone to like the olympic peninsula and area x it just it's not that no at all right yeah that's interesting that you say that it's patchy because that is very much the case Mm -hmm. i was looking at one group of reports that i was reminded of preparing for today was 2019 there were sightings in geauga county mm. in near bainbridge mm-hmm. just south of chagrin falls yeah. and so i looked at that exactly because they they were very specific in this report they gave the road that it was on and it's it's all south of chagrin falls um still pretty much what i would consider it to be in the town where these sightings took place but to its immediate south where these homes are is a local park. So all of a sudden looking at it from like Google maps, there's lots of green space leading into a river Valley. And that's, that seems to be what you need in Ohio is not a giant forest, but you need a patch of forest or, or tree or overgrowth connected to some sort of uh, water source. And that's about it. That's all you need, really. And so this was strange. And the thing that's so cool is um, it's a Geauga County Metro Park that's identified. Evidently, there's some small cave systems like there are all Mm -hmm. throughout Northeast Ohio. Mm -hmm. You can go and see. But Mm -hmm. the reason I think this one got as much attention as it did, it was October 2019, is that the owner of the home discharged his gun into the air. It was like 4.30 in the morning, and um, officers were called, and they responded. And he said the reason he shot into the air was he felt that a Bigfoot was trying to get in his home. Huh. And that wasn't the only you know, uh, enterprising people 
did a little research and figured out there's been a number of documented reports taking place, filed from that same road uh, in Bainbridge Township, Northeast Ohio. So it's the same thing. It's a Ohio's a patchwork. It's um, <coughs> lots of second, some cases third growth forest. But they, they've found, you know, if these are primates moving up and down waterways, they've found the places that are not developed yet and use those for a little while and then move on, presumably. Even Cuyahoga Valley yeah. National Park is, uh, I mean, if you look at it, it's like a green space and surrounded by city. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's shared, we've talked about that a lot, especially back on the Sesquit days. Yeah. But, but like the parks shared by the metro parks in the area too mm-hmm. so the, so it's not solely like a national park you can be hiking on a national park trail and all of a sudden come across a sign that says you are now entering the akron metro park or the cleveland mm-hmm. metro park system and i just did that a few weeks ago adam and i went on a hike you know, like an eight mile hike um in cuyahoga valley we started on like the jate trail we took like three different trails we started on the buckeye trail and then we went over the jate trail we crossed over and wound up down by um, Jate and then ended up back on the Erie Canal mm-hmm. towpath back. And we've had <clears throat> we had something weird happen in there a few years ago. I don't know if you guys remember, but when we took we took Tommy on a walk and went up we're joking, oh, we're, yeah, we're yeah. like goofing off, joking about Helltown and stuff. We're on yes. an abandoned road, and right. all of a sudden, a truck showed up out of oh, nowhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and we couldn't figure out. They kind of like followed us down uh-huh. the road. Um, there's it's but but the point is. I don't think people realize that that park in the state of Ohio, that if you look at like the BFRO website, the county with the most, at least this is how it was last time I looked at the BFRO website, which was probably like two years ago, but that county, whatever county the park sits in, it's probably a couple of counties, but that yeah. is where Summit and Cuyahoga, that's where the most, um, Bigfoot reports come out mm-hmm. of and, and there's like 11 that have come out of CVNP over the years, which if you look at that park and you know about the surrounding area, yeah. it doesn't make much sense. It's all like, it's like suburbs and city that adjoin it, but there's mm-hmm. a big, big river that runs right through the midst of it. Yeah. The other place in that area, and we've kind of gotten off topic from the Minerva thing, but the um, Mogador Reservoir, which is, um, it's likewise, it's like it's West out of Akron, but it's, surrounded by a lot of development and city and things like that. But you've got this waterway that runs into it. And then there's been four or five sightings out there. Not Mm -hmm. to mention that's, I believe the Portage County UFO chase started over there too. Yeah. So in that area, because Logador Reservoir was mentioned in one of the police reports. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, the, the picture that develops is once you get really South of the Cleveland and then Akron Canton, uh, you know, civilization, I guess. And it, it Cleveland spread out obviously uh, east and west, but Akron and Canton are nowhere near as wide. So there's a relatively, it, it starts to narrow down to where once you get south of Canton and now you're awfully close to Minerva, the, there's a uniformity to the terrain where it's almost all the same, mm-hmm. you know, uh, farm fields, forests coming back in some places, your occasional town, that's not going to be hugely populated. And so you have a lot of connecting tissue as far as 
where things could roam. And then it fans out from there. I mean, you can almost parallel like Interstate 77 as it goes southwest Mm -hmm. and you get reports in that direction as well. I mean, uh, Mansfield area and um, Dark County, D-A-R-K-E, sort of heading north uh, all the way down to near Cincinnati. It's it's pretty remarkable. Some of that's very much flat uh, farmland, but a lot of it is the type of regrowth forest that seems to be a favorite of these sightings. And my favorite, I've, I've always said the interior of the forests in certain parts of Ohio anyway, are my favorite to hike in like CVNP, the forest inside Mm -hmm. the, inside the actual, the interior of the forest. There's no views. You don't get like expansive views in Ohio. Like I was just in West Virginia and you can drive three hours from here and have views for days. Like Mm -hmm. some of the most Lindy point overlook in, uh, in uh, uh, what what is it? Blackwater State Park is one of the most beautiful locations. I've been to Colorado this year and this this last year, and that Lindy Point outdid most of the views I saw mm-hmm. in Colorado. But uh, in Ohio, you don't have the those expansive like views, but you do have like really beautiful forests with like the it's the it's that like slate rock and stuff that mm-hmm. runs through the creeks and all yeah. that kind of thing, and in CBNP, and then Hawking is covered in that like mohican they, they all mm-hmm. have that same the interior of the forest here are almost like uh, alpine or something it's a very um it almost feels like a, a setting for like a fantasy movie mm-hmm. or something uh and bigfoot obviously is a huge fantasy novel <laughs> fan and that's why they're here so i think we got to the bottom yeah. of that on this yeah. week's show uh what do you, you want to wrap us up with? oh well because you I, have more no i mean that's about it really the um talking about this, you know, the area, especially, you know, uh, Northeast, Central and Southeast Ohio, it just continues to be a, a place. And even to the, the West too, like there was a time not too long ago where Holmes County seemed mm-hmm. to be a real hot place for sightings and particular road crossings again. Some of the earliest reports, yeah, news, newspaper articles from the 1800s came out of Holmes County, mm-hmm. Holmes County Wildman. Yeah, and I guess the thing is, this area hasn't really changed. I mean, the, there's there are places where development's happening. Wadsworth, Wadsworth is one, um, but by and large, these communities are are pretty much as they have been for decades. And I suppose that adds a little bit to the stability that you would need. I mean, if you're a if you're a, an animal on a pathway, you know, that's sort of an instinctive. We go here and then we go there. Mm-hmm. Ohio would seem to be ideal for that, especially east and southeast, because there's not a whole lot of intrusion. Where there are developments and things, it always ends up being a place where sightings happen, and that makes sense if we're talking about a a creature with instinctual travels because they're used to going to a certain place and now it's being, it's more populated. So you need people in order to have sightings. Yeah. Um, and that helps, I think, explain at least some of these, these sightings in Ohio. Amazing place to be. Bigfoot. He keeps us guessing. 
Or Buckeye Bigfoot. Buckeye Bigfoot. All right. Uh, leave us a rating review on iTunes. You can send us mail. We haven't done a mailbag episode in a long time. Monsteropolis mail at gmail.com. We just did one. We just did one like a month ago. Monsteropolis mail at gmail.com. Help us get another one going. Uh, I think that's it. Watch our YouTube. Go watch the show on YouTube. If you're just listening to it, you can watch it. You can also watch, watch Heather's show, The Lore You Know. And uh, that's it. Hey, Happy New Year. Happy all New of Year. Our listeners. Another, yeah, another year is upon us. So happy that. Okay, goodbye. Bye.